0: Lock, talk Radio. Welcome to the Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hey guys, sorry for being late. Um, I had some issues to get on, um, now, am I'm, I'm on and I'm just waiting for Michael to show up. Um, hopefully he got my text and, um, he's showing up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I figured that we would talk about some topical issues tonight Kyle won't be joining us because he is, like he said at the um, that event from last week. He said he would be at the um, the um, the royal, so he's not going to be here. Um, but I'm just waiting for Michael bills to come through. Um, hmm. Luckily like we talk about lot I um uh I had a busy weekend. I saw Pitch Perfect Two today, which was so funny and so good, and just as awesome as the first and then I also um saw Mad Max yesterday, which was an amazing movie. and For all of you that have seen the original with Mel Gibson and know it, it's nothing like that. It's a futuristic drama, and it's so action-packed, but at the same time, it's very easy to follow. There's a very easy storyline throughout the whole thing. So you're not confused. You're not, like, wondering what's going on. Because I know a lot of these post-apocalyptic shows or movies, they get so... They want to appear so smart, but they're very confusing, so um, this is not like that. It's really good, and um, Charlize Theron is kick-ass in this movie. She really is. Tom Hardy kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, Bane. Um, I got the Bane vibe from him, but, yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend it if you like action movies. Um, what else happened? Uh, I had brunch today at Fire and Ice, which was nice. Um, but I tell you, I haven't done this in a while. I, um, uh, when I went to go see Mad Max, I went to the Showcase Cinemas and they have this particular Showcase Cinema has a Lux level where you can get, um, um, Not only, you know, your seat, a leather seat, but you can actually order lunch and you hit a button and a concierge comes and they can get you like, I don't know, like, um, I'd say it's like uh, Applebee's type of dinner. It was really good. I went by myself. I'm very empowered to do things by myself since I moved back to Boston in this past couple months. Actually, kind of since my transition, I've been very adventurous going places alone and stuff. And I was the only one in Lux level, and I just had a blast. I, I I don't know. It's so weird. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this whole thing, obviously. And, of course, when I am um, watching Pitch Perfect 2, of course the new Bella in the group, is named Emily. It's like, I don't know what's going on with his name. It's popping up everywhere in my life lately. It's kind of odd. I don't know what it's saying, but it's um, pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think what I'll pass it. Hmm. Um, work is going awesome. It felt very relaxing to be a permanent employee now and not have to worry about anything. Um, let's see. Hmm. Michael doesn't really know about, well, he doesn't watch him the rest of it, so I'll talk about it while he's actually not here. Um, so Chuck Pratt and Jill Fernselps did an interview with Michael Logan, where they um, talked about the state of soaps, as well as discussed, you know, Young the Restless. And I got the sense that Jill Farren, she knows of her reputation. She does. She knows that she's, you know, criticized and critiqued and looked down upon. She knows this, but. I don't think Chuck Pratt realizes it. I think he thinks that whatever he does is supposed to be well-received just because he did it. You know, he talks about his work on All My Children, and he doesn't realize that his work on All My Children led the show to its demise. And then he talks about um his time on Melrose Place. Not realizing that again, the work that he did on Melrose Place eventually led to the show being canceled. He even talks about being on Santa Barbara with Jill, where they first met. That show was canceled. Like, he doesn't get it. And he reads our tweets, he says, and he kind of ignores it because he, I think he has like a God complex, but I don't know how he got it. It's the weirdest thing. I've never heard of anyone being egotistical without any reason to be egotistical. It's just a he's a very odd dude. And I don't understand I don't understand his motivation. He my favorite part of his interview was when Michael Logan and he went after them. He um said to them, you know, a lot of people feel that Young and the Restless, who is leading in diversity, really doesn't have a black storyline that's palpable and doesn't have a gay storyline at all. And he said, you know, well, I'm not going to have a gay storyline just to have one. It needs to come from the fabric of the characters. And then he said, well, budget constraints, I really can't play every story of every character. Okay, so you just admitted that because of budget, you can't play black characters specifically. Uh, Christian is a multi-Emmy winning, Emmy nominee. Same with Bryant. And I I just, I ignore Lily, I'm sorry. I just don't like the, the actress or the character. But you have gold with Hillary. That character, that actress is so amazing. The fans love her because she's played to perfection and, and we just love her. And I don't understand why you would stick them in such a polarizing type of, uh, of storyline and just stick them to the same group. You're not mixing them in. He's mixing everybody else together. But he's not mixing that group in. And now he's thinking about making a Nicky-Neal, like, fling. That makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Just because two people are recovering alcoholics doesn't mean they're going to gravitate towards each other after all these years. You know, and why break up Nikki and Victor? And Neil would never betray Victor because Victor gave Neil his shot when nobody else would. So I, I don't like this story. Um, Chuck saying, "Oh, we need to shake things up." This show was so boring. Well, you know what? The boring show was number has been number one since 1989. Don't fix a broken wheel. Or sorry, don't. That was bad. Don't fix an unbroken wheel. Um, it was. It's fine. It, it goes at its own pace. It's unlike any other show, but. Not lately. Lately, it's like every single other show. The guys are stupid, and the girls are, are, are classified as slut. Just like every other show out there. And Young and the Restless was good at making characters strong. You know, Sheila, The pe- the reason why people love Sheila is not because she's crazy, but she's a strong character. She knows that she wanted Scotty Granger, and she went after him, and she eventually, you know, got him, but pretended, but that's another That's another story, but um yeah he makes he makes all the women stupid or crazy, and it it's just so annoying and sad, and he says, Oh, well, I really like having um having Sharon be crazy. You are the only one that likes Sharon being crazy. You are the only one, everybody else likes Sharon as." not a damn in distress and not crazy. You are the only person that likes her that crazy. And ah, it just blows my mind. That man is so awful. I just, I, I don't know how he got, I don't know how he got on the show, number one, but number two, I don't understand, like, what CBS was thinking hiring him. Did they think he would be a good asset? I mean, Jill was already on there, and she's bad. So, like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just shocked at the two of them and their their balls. I guess. Um, anyway, um, so it looks like Michael isn't here. So why don't we just move on to the next topic? Um, so. Oh wait! Before we move on from Young Murasaki, I did want to make mention. Um, on the show, like I was mentioning, you know, he won't play the uh, character, the black characters, right? So there's one huge black character, like a gaping hole, missing from the show, who is Drusilla Winters. Now, Drusilla and Phyllis both fell off a cliff, but is a lie. Uh, clearly, there's something going on with Victoria Rowell that we don't know about backstage behind the scenes. Well, she did an interview recently, and you can youtube it um how I found it was that youtube victoria Rowell um attitude, and I found it on youtube it's but um yeah she um she details how Peter Bergman called her mentally unstable to her face on set, how she was spat at. She won't say who spat at her, but another report said she, she said Michelle Stafford spat at her, and you know, she feels intimidated and people are keeping her from the show, yet she wants to go back and play Drusilla. Um, but then she says, you know, they need more black people writing the show and producing the show and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's fine and good, and I understand the need for diversity, but if there are no black people stepping up to write the show, to direct the show, to do all these other things in the show, what are they supposed to do? Number one: number two, you can't force someone to hire somebody else, because of their color. Um, I thought we moved away from a action. reaction. Um, I could be wrong. But um, you can't force or stronghold someone. And you definitely cannot make fun of a show, not make fun, complain about a show, complain about their politics, complain about the network, and expect to be invited back on. That is a powder keg waiting to happen. And she's tweeted... Crystal, um, the girl who plays Lily, she tweeted, "Oh, Lily needs her mama," and still tweeted something not so nice back. Or I, I can't remember the the exact detail, but apparently they don't like each other either. So, just all too many rumors, too too much water under the bridge, too much bad blood. I don't think it's good for her to come back, but Drusilla the character needs to come back. I don't understand that they could recast Billy who, with not, they recast Billy twice in one year, they recast Adam, they recast Phyllis, they can't recast Drusilla. There isn't a black actress out there that could take on that role. Are you kidding me? There's a ton of black actresses that can take on that role. And they they recast Billy at one point, so I don't understand what is the deal with, Neil needs the love of his life back, and Drusilla was that person, so I think they need to revisit that immediately and she can spar with the new phyllis like there's a ton of things that can happen but I, i'm just i don't understand but so oh and the, the um she tried to sue cbs and the courts actually dismissed her case saying you know just like i said you can't force somebody to do something and uh, you can't force people to hire certain people just because of their race. So they just dismissed her her VC case. I did want to mention because he was a legend, and I think everybody knows at least one BB B. King song. Um, he died May 14th, and um, I think it's a huge loss. It's almost as bad as when we lost Ray Charles. You know, it's just really sad. All the legends are starting to fall off, and. From age, you know, three to 99, you know, B.B. King. So I just, I feel bad for his family and all of his fans around the world. So I just wanted to make mention of that. Um, something that's going on, a couple of things. One, it's called Ban the Box. So a couple of states, North Carolina is one. Um, in Durham, North Carolina, they are, Testing, or they actually approved a, um, program called Bay in the Box, which it removes the criminal history question from the job application. And they actually saw the percentage of employment go from like, I don't know, 2% to like five or six. And, um, A couple of things. One, I think it's good because if somebody's qualified, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, this is – in America, people always give people second chances. I I don't know how many times I hear that. Everybody deserves a second chance. Um, The thing is, if they are qualified, if they have the work history, if they have the college degree, if they have the apprenticeship, whatever – why shouldn't they be hired? Because just because of a mistake they may have made a long time ago. They they shouldn't, especially if they have more qualifications than the next person. But just one thing is holding them back. On, On the other hand, I almost feel like you have to find out what they went to prison for. If You try to hire someone and they went to prison for embezzlement, I don't think that's a good... I think the employer needs to know that. And I'm going to be 100% honest. If somebody went to prison for a sex offense, whatever it was, they shouldn't be working in, let's say, let's say they, they went to prison for, I don't know, um... Rape, and they got out, and they wanted a new job, and there's no checkbox for criminal history, so they apply for this job. They went to prison for um, rape of a minor, and it wasn't, you know, a dad or a mom calling on the boyfriend or girlfriend saying, oh, they're too old. It's statutory rape. Nothing like that. It's an actual crime. They actually committed a crime. They actually raped a younger person. If you don't know as the employer and they come to you and try to get a job at a daycare or a school, I think the employer should know that. I think it's important for the employer to know that because that person, doesn't, that person shouldn't work there. I'm sorry. I, I don't think that they should because of that offense. I don't think you should give a rapist a second chance in that regard. Um, they can work in accounting or something else or construction, somewhere where they don't have access to do the crime that they did to get themselves in jail. But um, yeah, I don't think that. I, I think that you need, that you as an employer need to know why they went to jail. I think that that's not a bad thing to know. I think mm-hmm. that's very important. Um, A couple of other states are starting to look into this. I personally feel that um, another topic which is far more important is um, doing a financial background check on someone. If they've declared bankruptcy or if they have big bills or whatever, I don't think it's the employer's, Now, they've never gone to jail. They have a clean criminal record, but they have bad credit or something. That should have no pertinent standing to you getting a job anywhere. I I think that is, is something that needs to be looked at, more importantly, over the bay in the box, I feel. I myself have been turned down for a job because I didn't have such great credit. Now I have a job that doesn't care about my credit and doesn't care about that. So I'm getting myself out of that financial hole. So I just – I feel like that has nothing to do with – and I was very qualified for that job. But I feel like that has nothing to do with me doing that job. Now, come to find out that that was, like, a horrible job – and I would have been stuck in Springfield, and my friend actually told me, you know, she hated the job. And she actually – I referred her to that job. She got hired. She actually left a few months after that. So it's kind of, it was kind of serendipitous that I didn't get the job. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I just think it's um, – the criminal history, it's far less important than – a financial background check. I don't think you should be doing. I think a financial background check is so invasive, and it has nothing to do with your employer. You're there to get a paycheck so that you can better your credit. You have you have the skills. You have all the the knowledge. Yeah, it doesn't. It shouldn't matter. So, excuse me. Um, another topic that's coming up is um, it's called affluenza. And it's um it's called this because the affluent people in America are um receiving har- uh less harsh punishments than regular people. So for instance, his name is Samuel um Sam Curtis Johnson of the Johnson and Johnson dynasty. He actually admitted to touching his stepdaughter 15 to 20 times over the course of, I'd say, six or seven years. And he the judge said, well, taking him off the streets would be um, detrimental to the community. He has more importance of a regular person, so we're only going to give him four months of jail time. Four months. Um, this happened again with other people. Now, I'm not going to give you those examples because Johnson's sentence is probably the least angering of the other ones. I mean, the other ones are so bad. I, I, I actually stopped reading them. I was so upset. And I didn't want to, you know, upset any of my listeners by bringing those up. But, um, I, th- I don't know. I think that that all depends on who, who the judge is, too. Because, um, look at little Kim. She was a rapper, she had millions of dollars at the time, and she went to jail. Martha Stewart, woman, billionaire, she went to jail. You know, um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it just depends, really, on who it is, and um, maybe it doesn't. I don't know, because like I said, Martha Stewart was a billionaire, and she was, she was bringing in the big bucks, and she was detrimental to society at the time. Um, since she's been released, I think her popularity has gone down a bit, but not so much that People don't love her, you know. But, yeah, I just think it was very odd when I found that out. Um, I don't think anybody is above anybody, first of all. I don't care how much money you have. You may have been born into it. You may have earned it, but you just are rich. You're no different from anybody else. You're, You're subject to the same things as we are. You can get hooked on drugs. You can, you know, lose all your money. You can mismanage your money. Like, you have no better chance of messing, no, you have no less of a better chance of messing up than we do, us poor folks. So um, I think it's ridiculous that the court system would even, that's not even justice when the court system looks favorable on one group over another or one person over another. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another topic that I wanted to talk about was um, dating while trans. Um, obviously, everyone knows about my current transition. What happened was I become like over the years, the more the older I get, the more mm, I don't want to be with anybody. I I become, you know, I get more not hardened, and I I do believe that love happens for other people, and I'm fully aware that that's the case, you know, but I just don't have that feeling for myself, I don't feel like I'm meant to be in a loving relationship, you know, so... Um, I decided that I was going, you know, I mentally decided, okay, I'm not going to look for love. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to date. Um, and I posed this to my friends because I'm honest, you know. And, of course, my sister said, oh, stop that. You, you Both of them said, you know, you should don't worry about dating now, but just wait. Just wait until you're fully transitioned and you're happy. Don't worry. It'll come. I'm like, I don't want it to come. Like, look at me now. I'm doing things by myself and I'm enjoying my life. And so I said to uh, some of my guy friends, I said, okay, um, we are at a bar and you don't know me. I'm fully transitioned. You have no idea who I am. Um, I sit down next to you and... I say, hi, my name is Emily. And he introduces himself. And then he says, you know, tell me a little about yourself. I said, okay, well, I graduated college. I had a really good job in in the Boston area. Um, I I just got a new car. I have a great apartment with two roommates. I have some amazing friends. I self-published a book. Oh, and by the way, I'm transgender. My argument was the guy would then get up and leave (coughs) or whatever the case may be. I I feel like it wouldn't go any further. My guy friends have said, no, no, it would, it would, it would, it would. Don't worry. You know, there are guys out there that will not be. Five, six guy friends I asked. Five of them. When I turned it around and said, what would you do? Five of them said, you know what? I probably would be your friend, but I wouldn't date you because I'm just not interested. And they said, okay, no, that's fine. The, The sixth one said, you know, I would go for it because in life it's so rare to make connections with other people. And who am I to deny myself this amazing connection? If we had a connection, if I was physically attracted to you, not going forward with it because life is too short. And I was like, wow. And I asked him again because I I, I knew what he was saying. I you know, saw it, but um, I just wasn't sure if he was just being serious. So I just decided to, you know, take it for what it was, and so I'm taking it in, and I'm thinking about it, but at the same time, I don't know, I'm pretty stubborn, i am set my ways, so, I don't know, I don't know, um, I don't know, I'm still thinking that I'm going to probably still stay far away, I don't know, we'll see, um, yeah, so. Sorry this is going to be a short show Um I apologize for the hiccup in the very beginning Um It should have been you know Michael with us but Um Yeah so I guess I will end on A positive note Um This week Is Just going to be I hope a normal week And um I don't know i I think I think I'm gonna do more writing. I'm really um, being inspired all this alone time I have people watching where I go so um, yeah, so that's it. um I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and um I will talk to you soon. thanks for listening, everyone. bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea.